Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. So, hello. Hello there. Are you, you sir? Are you doing great? I am. I am okay. How about you? I am all the okay. Are you ready to talk about cooties for the very first time ever? Yeah. So, um, hi, folks. I'm Tim Harvey, and I'm Dustin, and this is Apocalypse Now, and this is not, in fact, the first time no. we're talking about cooties. <laughs> no, this is not the first time we're talking about cooties. So for those of you who've noticed, there's this gap in our production schedule. Uh, well, part of, of it was the, the holidays. Part of, yeah, so we had Christmas and we had New Year's. And, you know, um, I was able to travel for the first time in, in a while to go see my family for a few days. And, of course, you've got the kids and yes. your family. And so there's there's a lot of different reasons why we took a little bit of a break there. It was right. not planned to be as long as it was, which is... In fact, we were supposed to be back this last last week? Last week, yeah. So we recorded last week, and we had some technical issues. The, the technical issues was named Dustin. <laughs> and unfortunately, while we had um, audio for last week, it was not usable. It was not something that we would, would let you guys... We, well, we don't want you to hear it, because maybe no. someday we'll do like a, a, an outtake reel. And I'm pretty sure that I could like grab like five seconds of it and it would tell you everything you need to know. But short version <laughs> is that, hi, we're back again and we're going to record an episode about the film Cooties, which... Cooties. And this time my mic is on. <laughs> I wasn't going to let them know that that was the problem. I was, I, you know, well... Uh, let me just before we start on cooties, I have to tell you. I, I told, I've said this before. Yeah. Like, Fear the Walking Dead is is filming in my town right, right now. Like literally, like literally right this second. If I were to walk down my driveway, walk up the hill next to my house, take a left, and walk 50, 50 yards, they are filming right there. Now, when you and I talked about this a few days ago, you were talking about sneaking on to set. I presume since you're not calling me from jail, you didn't do that. Right. I didn't. Okay. I, I still want to. And in fact, they're filming, they're filming nights, um, and they're filming at this place called 7A Ranch, which has a Pioneer Town area where it's like, a, like an old-timey Main oh, sure. Street uh-huh. And like uh, you know, you know all that stuff. So that's where they're they're filming, and so it makes me feel very like, hmm, what are they doing? <laughs> I'm very interested. And uh, so I was telling my dad, being that I grew up here, um, I know all about what's. I know everything about this area. I could get onto this set before any of the security people knew I was there. <laughs> yeah. It sounds dangerous. Yeah. But then I <laughs> didn't do it. Well, that's probably for the best. But still, it's very cool. I'm glad that's... Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I wish we were able to get you on set. Uh, Dwight joins 
the show this season. I know. It's very, it's weird. I don't know how they're going to, I don't know how they're going to do some of this stuff, Tim. Like, I thought that the plan, I mean, it sounded to me like the plan was to, like, match up the timelines mm-hmm. so that, you know, that that Fear the Walking Dead and Walking Dead would basically be running congruent to each other, and then they could slowly, like, merge them, like like the Chicago shows on CBS. You know, right. the Chicago Fire and the Chicago PD and the Chicago Med. They all take place in the Chicago in the same universe, and so often they do, like, like uh, crossover episodes, like three hours long, like a three-hour-long movie where all three shows uh, do the same stuff like they're on the same case and stuff and so i kind of thought that's where they were heading but but now with this time skip and you know at original recipe and you know it's just like hmm i don't know well until we until we see what's happening But yeah, it's it's a very odd set of circumstances. I'm not. I have no objections to Dwight joining the class, joining the the show. Um, I think Dwight will be an interesting character to add to the mix. Right. I'm, I'm a little concerned about. So they've announced that the character of Troy is coming back on Fear of the Walking Dead, and I don't know how they're going to do this. I don't know if it's going to be flashbacks or they're talking about somehow he survived Madison murdering him. Um, Justifiably, in my opinion, because Troy was the worst. Um, right. She she bashed him real good with the hammer, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. So I was pretty sure he was pretty dead. But this may not be the case. So I'm very confused. Um, now, how whether or not this turns out to be, you know, oh, yeah, no, that's not really happening. But I've, I've heard that he's coming back to the show, and I just don't understand hmm. how that happens. Um, but, you know... Uh, it's not like people haven't come back who shouldn't have, and people who should have come back haven't, Madison. Well, like I said, uh, we've talked about all the signs are there, and they're filming right there, so I just that's one of the things I would like to just go and, like, shake them and be like, all the signs were there! <laughs> Why do you want to hurt me? Because it's the Walking Dead universe, Dustin. That's all it knows is pain. Well, let's let's go back. How about we take a little journey to another zombie universe, one that makes just slightly more sense. <laughs> and at least when it's inappropriate, it's intentionally inappropriate. Right. And we are talking about the 2014 film Cooties, which you yes. probably didn't see unless you caught it on a streaming service or on video because um it did not do terribly well financially. No. $348,000 total. Well, say, say that number again? $348,000 is how much money that film made. Total in theater. Total. Box office, yep. Ooh. Yeah. That's, that's not... I don't like that. No, and, and it's... Because it's great. Yeah. It's a cute movie. It's The shame of it is is that it's actually quite entertaining. And uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, uh, a little bit of background about the cast. Um, uh, well, first of all, it was written and produced by uh, uh, Lee Winnell, of course, from Saw. <laughs> And uh, somebody who wouldn't necessarily think of it as a zombie, a zombie comedy film, which is what it is. 
Um, and also one of the actors, a guy named Ian Brennan. We'll talk about him later. Uh, but it stars Elijah Wood. Yes. And uh, Rain Wilson, Allison Pill, Jack Brayer, um, all playing George Garcia, which if you don't know, that's the guy who uh, was was the fat guy from Lost. Right. And, uh, of course, and, and Lee Whannell is in it actually as an actor as well, um, which surprised me because I have not, have not been a huge fan of him as an actor. And he's really funny in this film. Right. And like I said, it is a zombie comedy. And it is basically the short premise. Elijah Wood plays the character Clint Hadson. Yes, and he is a failed writer who has moved back home with his mother to work on the novel that he's writing, which is about a man who falls in love with a boat, but also the boat is evil. Right, and there's a fantastic bit at the opening of the film where he's given the book to his mom to read, and and he asks her, what does she think? And she goes, oh, honey, I I love it, I love it. It, I'm so proud of you. You're doing such a great job with this. I I love it very much. He's like, no, but but really, Mom. Yeah, give me some, some, you know, some insight. Like, tell me me what you think. She's like, well, the characters don't make any sense. (laughs) And the the story doesn't really go anywhere. And I don't like, what's your theme? And, you know, just like, she just lays into him. And the look on his face is priceless. It's just like this shell shock. He's like, um, thanks, Mom. I guess, thank you. But he's like, oh, I really love it, honey. I really love it. It's fantastic. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and so he's working as a substitute teacher and he goes back he's, right. he's actually teaching at the school that he went to when he was a kid right which has all the wonderful joys of going back to where you where you grew up and where you went to school and then having to teach there surrounded by turns out people that he recognizes yeah, and not necessarily in the best light. Right. So on his first day, he goes in and he meets the he meets the uh, assistant principal, who's played by Ian Brennan, who like I said is one of the writers of the film, who is Vice Principal Sims, and he is right. He's an odd guy. Right. He's decided this is one of those plot point things that happens. Like the one of the things that modern horror films have to do. Modern for any film where like the it, there's a you know, a part where it, like, hinges on the people not being able to to contact other mm-hmm. people. Now we have to get rid of cell phones. And so, basically, uh, Principal Sims, his only... The only reason he exists is for them to get rid of cell phones. And his thing is... We don't allow the kids to have have uh, cell phones. What's good for the goose is good for the gander, or I guess what's good for the goose is good for the egg. <laughs> and uh, and so, you know, you ha- no adult is allowed to have a cell phone on campus. It's fairly elegant, actually, if you think about it, because so many so many horror films would have been solved incredibly easy if someone had just dialed nine one one. Right. And, you know, that's one of those, you know, he puts them on, like, a little little basket on his desk and, like, plays with them throughout <laughs> the day. Of course, until he's he's horribly eaten by, by zombie children. Um, spoilers. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so Elijah gets his little lecture and then he goes to the teacher's lounge where he meets some very odd people. Uh, he, meets, he meets Doug, who's Lee Whannell's character. Uh, he meets uh, yes. 
Oh, for heaven's sakes, what is her name? Nasi Pedron. Rebecca. Who is just not a fan of him for even existing. Yeah, immediately. Just like, no, I don't think so. Which is kind of a caricature of sort of a right-wing, you know, ultra-right-wing awful person. I mean, she's just... Kind of bitchy, and she's got the Sarah Palin hair, and... Yeah. She's just not great. We don't don't need... We don't like her. But what we skipped over is uh, the very, very beginning of this film starts with a chicken being butchered. And it is like... It is like... The, I just can't even like if if it were a PETA, I would not be surprised if they didn't get this 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 footage from PETA because it is like so graphic. Oh, yeah. And apparently, one of the chickens was sick with zombie, <laughs> and, and so we follow this green goo uh, as the chicken is the chickens are butchered and. And, you know, defeathered and then mooshed into paste. And then there's this green, like, swirl in it. And, like, then several of the chicken nuggets, the chicken nuggets are made. And several of them turn out to be green. Yeah. And, and you know, it follows these green chicken nuggets all the way back to the school where this little girl in pigtails eats one. And I would like to be the person to say that this would never happen. But... Personally, I have uh, accidentally e- eaten like four raw chicken nuggets before I realized they were raw. Yeah. So, mm. you know, it happens. I think after the first bite of the green oozing chicken nugget, you might have sat there and went, "Huh, this isn't right." Oh uh, yeah, the first the first chicken nugget, the first raw chicken nugget I ate, I was like, "There's something wrong with so let's these." Let's have another one. I better <laughs> eat three or four more just to make sure. And, you know, like, okay, so it was, I was living in St. Louis at the time, and we had just spent all day at Six Flags, and we had stopped, it was like 9.30 at night, and we had stopped for McDonald's on our way home, and I'm sitting in the back of my friend Sari's car, and I am eating chicken nuggets, and I start eating them, I was like, there is something wrong, and so, it's dark, so I couldn't see, so I held the chicken, one of the, like, the, the third or fourth one that I was eating that I'd just taken a bite up bite of up into the light of the car behind yeah. these headlights and it's like pink in the middle and i was like oh oh no <laughs> so yeah it's 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 enough to put you off eating chicken if you if you're a fan i mean i so yeah little girl eats oozy green chicken thing and i was kind of like watching that going mm, mm, mm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and it squishes, and it's just oh, it's just the <laughs> it's worst. Very gross. So anyway, um, she she goes about uh, uh, infected. She becomes patient zero, and her name is is it Shelley? Yeah. Is that uh-huh. Shelley? She becomes patient zero and basically infects all of the children at the playground. Well, first she infects she she infects the one kid that you actually want to see die throughout the entire film. Oh, fucking patriot! <laughs> so so after after Clint's kind of traumatizing, weird introduction to these teachers uh, that he's going to be working with, and his sort of 
moment where he reconnects with his childhood crush, Lucy, played by Allison Pill. Um, He goes to his class and he starts trying to be the cool teacher. And he's like, I'm, you know, did you guys know I'm a writer? Who wants to read part of my book? And they're like, no, thanks. (laughs) And immediately he runs afoul of this kid called Patriot. And that is the kid's name. Because he was born on September 11th, and so he believes it is his destiny to uh, to go and kill terrorists. Uh, yeah, he's awful. He is just the worst kid. He is, like, destined to grow up to be, like, a serial killer. I mean, he is just... He is, he is rude, he's loud, he's unpleasant, he has no respect for authority. He is every child that you ever had to set had the desire to go hmm ledge Boink. thud <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, um but no he's just right. awful and he's a bully and he and his friends are bullies and so they start picking on shelly mm-hmm. and it doesn't go quite the way he planned because she jumps on him and bites him and after he, after he pulls off her pigtail, uh, which comes away from her head with her scalp, and then uh, Clint takes him to the nurse's office. Right. And all the other kids come out for recess. Well, uh, Clint has already run afoul of Lucy's boyfriend. Played by Rain Wilson. Wade. And because Wade's the, the high school, or it's, not, it's grade school, grade school gym coach. Yeah. And he's just everything you expect out of a stereotypical gym coach. Right. And I, I know, I know that in the writing of this, they were thinking, they had in their mind like a Billy Zabka type, you know, kind of buff and blonde and, and you know, and like smarmy and, and whatever. And then, of course, Rain Wilson said he wanted to play a, the part. And you're not going to say no to Rain Wilson. <laughs> but but the because the lines that he has and the way that he carries and Wayne, Wayne Wilson is a great character actor and he does such a good job with this part but he turns him into just such a sleaze ball and just <laughs> the worst person but also somebody you kind of love at the same time which works out well because later in the film he sort of subverts the expectations of what you expect this character to be right. Um, and there's a lot of that going on in this film. That's one of the things that I actually really enjoyed about it is the fact that they do kind of take what you expect to happen in this kind of movie, in this kind of setup, and they're like, ah, ha, ha, not quite. So he's out on the playground uh, shooting hoops when suddenly little Miss Shelley goes on a scratch and bite rampage. Right, and he's paying, like, no attention. You know that he's supposed to be on, like, like he's supposed to be on playground duty, but he yeah. is in no way. And, like, he, all these kids are running around being infected, and, and he is not paying any attention. And Garcia plays Rick, who is... I honestly cannot recall why he's there. He buzzes Clinton. Oh, he's like the... He's like the, uh... The play... Like, not the playground monitor. Like the, uh... uh whatchamacallit? The, the crossing guard. Oh, okay, yeah. And he's also... A bit of a stoner. Right. And so he's off in his van getting high when this is going on. So he's doing mushrooms. Yeah. And he's he's watching all of this and going, wow, 
These mushrooms are strong. Not realizing that it's the children are actually really eating people. Because they are, and they are. They're eating the other teachers. They're eating anybody who's on the playground. They're attacking and biting each other. And meanwhile, uh, Rain Wilson's Wade is just shooting hoops. Yeah. No idea what's going on behind him. And then, like, like all the other teachers realize something horrible is happening way before he does. Oh, yeah, they're watching all this through the window. Yeah. And so he, um, so they're, like, watching and trying to get his attention. And finally he, like, turns around and sees all these kids, like, standing around him. And he's like, you need to, you know go play or whatever and then when they start like attacking him he has no problem just like like wailing on these kids it's hilarious he's like okay i guess this is what we're doing now and this is this is really where you're you have to start accepting that this is going to be one of those films where it's going to tell you throughout the course of the film it's okay to kill kids yeah and there's this there there's this kind of rule in horror films you know, you don't kill the dog, you don't kill the kid. And, of course, there are films that, that, that obviously break this rule. Their child right. death is actually a big part of horror in, in parts of it. Right. And, you know, that's but that's how, like, the difference between those films and this film is, <laughs> like, that's, you know, that was the writer on those, like, the those are the, it's like, oh, we're a serious horror film. We are going to kill the kid. Right. And with this one, it's like, no, we're just going to just, like, you know, bash these children. <laughs> uh, and it's very, very quickly, uh, you can tell there's this wonderful mix of playing it for both comedy and very bloody, uh, very, you know, full-on, let's go for the gore oh, yeah. horror bits. Um, so he ends up getting back inside, and everyone's like, what's going on? And the children are attacking us. <laughs> and like there's one kid there's the one kid who like didn't eat chicken nuggets and then also was like the the, the bullied kid so he like was in the library at recess and yeah. so he's the only child on the playground that has not been uh attacked well no there's another there's a girl there's a little girl who hasn't been right and and they don't exactly they don't find them right away but they kind of make their way about what I think they they're all together by about two thirds of the way through the film. Yeah. Um, but Patriot gets inside the building or he's no, he's still in the nurses. nurses yeah. Office. He never left the, the building. Right. And he goes after them. Uh, and they, you know, they can't, they, they can't stay in the faculty lounge. Um, one of the teachers gets killed by uh, Patriot basically knocking her into a cabinet and the door right. shut behind her. And everyone's just looking at this cabinet shaking and snarling. And they're like, yeah, we should go. Yeah, and I think it's Elijah Woods goes, who was that woman? <laughs> like, 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 she was just an extra for the... Yeah, I don't know if we ever heard her name. Uh, so they, they that's, then they, they run to the library, and that's where they meet uh, Calvin, who's the, mm-hmm. the kid, uh, who will turn out to uh, have a medical condition, because of course he does. Yeah, he's conveniently diabetic or inconveniently diabetic <laughs> when it's convenient for him to be inconveniently diabetic. Right. Um, and so they're, they barricade themselves inside the music room and then they discover that Clint has been scratched. And they're all like, oh God, you're going to turn into one of them. Oh no. And he's like, but I feel fine. Oh wait, I don't. And yeah, starts to throw it up. And... <laughs> so they put him in another room and, and this is where Doug... My God, Doug, up until this point, 
uh, Lee Wanell's Doug is so odd and off-putting. Yeah, but and the th- my favorite thing about his character is that like he will say the weirdest stuff and that like allows you to sort of piece together what his background is. Like he's some sort of disgraced scientist or something who now works at the you know completely you know someone and you know asked him are you you know are you brain damaged? And he's like, oh yes, I actually had a brain injury when I was a child, just like matter of factly. And you're like, okay. <laughs> When when they quarantine Clint, uh, Doug's the one who figures out that he's just experiencing stomach flu and that yeah. adults don't seem to be affected the way the kids are. And the kids go crazy and became basically – I mean the kids don't die and then mm-hmm. come back to life. They're just – Yeah, it rots their brains and makes them go – Psychotic, and it, it, his he he gets to test this apo- hypothesis with the little girl, um, whose name's Tamra, who accident like they rescue her, they find her on the playground and rescue her, and then they're talking about oh if you got scratched you get it. And she's like I was scratched, and they're all like and, oh uh, <laughs> oh no, but then she doesn't change, and then they realize that she's older right yeah it's it's the the and doug turns out to be teaching the sex ed class we just had sex ed class you should know these things (laughs) but uh so then they they decide they're gonna go on the roof of the building and they're gonna wait for they're gonna barricade themselves up there and then wait for the police to show up and wait for the the parents to show up and then they'll they'll call for help because all, all the phones have been locked up, so they don't think they can get to the phones. Um, this does not go as planned. No. Because the, the local police officer shows up. Right, and gets promptly eaten. Yeah. And then, of course, they're waiting for the parents, and the first parent shows up. And this lady talk, right. talk, talking on her phone, and she's got a baby in, a carrier, in the baby seat in the back. And you watch this little infected kid just walk across... The parking lot towards her car, and all the teachers are going, "No, no!" And of course, yeah. And you're going, "Oh no, oh no!" And he gets in the car, and you hear the, him attack the baby. Yeah. And then the baby is the one who eats the mom. Ah, uh, and then uh, just, they, the teachers can see the the windshield of the car just explodes with blood, and they're like, "Oh no!" No, uh, oops. <laughs> and then they go back to the they, they, they go to the auditorium. Or they're attacked by one of the kids, uh, one of the bu- friends of Patriot, Patriot, the little bullies, and Wade just beats him to death. <laughs> and yeah, you just laughed, and I did too. And and that's this kind of movie. I mean, you're like, I'm right. laughing at children being murdered. I'm not sure I'm well. But then Doug gets to do his autopsy on one of these kids, and of course. <laughs> He does the autopsy on the brain and he comes out and his hands are covered in gore. Right. And he goes, don't worry, I wore gloves. And they're like, no, you you didn't. He's like, oh. Oops. <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, it's just one of those, throughout the film, I mean, I, consistently, every time Doug started talking, I just started snickering because it was just so funny. Um, but yeah, so it's only they figure he figures out through the magic of movie science that this sort of thing only it only affects prepubescent kids. 
Right. And this is where, of course, they realize that they don't have to worry about Tamra anymore. But they do have to worry about Calvin because he's become conveniently diabetic. Right. Right at the same time, the Patriot manages to take out the power to the building. So they decide they they have to go to Vice Principal's office and get their phones to try and call for help. But they don't realize that Patriot's already been there and destroyed all the phones. Right. And they also have to go to uh, to get Wade's keys, which are in the teacher's lounge. Mm-hmm. And maybe get you know something out of the out of the uh, uh, the the uh, what is Bending it called? Machine? You know that thing? Yes. So that Calvin won't you know die. Yeah, you try to avoid that. Well, of course, even though this is a movie and it is a ventilation shaft, they're really not very big. So they have to send the little guy, which in this particular case is Clint Elijah Wood. Yeah. And and at this point. Clint and Lucy have had these moments connecting where they're clearly building some sort of relationship from that, right. that kind of picked up from when they were kids. And, and at this point you start to get some of the de- the, the way that rain Wilson is making Wade more of a character than you think he ought to be because he's, he sees this and he's both angry and feels betrayed, but he's also heartbroken. Mm hmm. And, I mean, after he's killed this kid, he goes off by himself because he's seen the way that Clint and Lucy are looking at each other. And when Lucy goes to try and explain, it's it's a really surprisingly emotional scene where you kind of like, you feel bad for Wade. Yeah. Now, he promptly turns around and is completely awful to Clint, which is not surprising. Well... And this film does something that Anna and the Apocalypse did, um, which it takes the character that is supposed to be like that, you know, even even two or three years ago would have been the human villain. You know, the one that we were supposed the the humans are the real monsters villain and turns him into the hero. Or at least or at least gives him the kind of layers where you can't just dismiss him as being yeah. You know, that cliched character. Um, yeah, right. no, it's 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 a surprisingly well done, surprisingly well written character. And you forget that, that Rain Wilson can actually do, yes, the character still is funny. But he can also be a good dramatic actor. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's easy to think of him only as a comedian. But, of course, he's a lot more than that. So Clint gets in the ventilation shaft. And then Lucy follows him after giving this, like, I hate you all speech to everyone else who's there. Right. You're all terrible. I don't like any of you. Because she's, like, up until this point, she's been, like, this super sweet, like, oh, yeah, you know, it's great. Everybody's great and everybody's happy. And And then she loses it. So they make their way down to, uh, well, they make their way first is it first to the office and then the teachers? Anyway, they make it to they make it to both. Yeah, they do all the things and discover that all the cell phones have been uh, destroyed. You know, they make lots of noise on their way, and there's lots of close omens where the zombie children can see them, almost see them. And while Lucy's going after the cell phones, Clint is trying to get food out of the vending machine. Which you know, last I checked, vending machines run on power. Right, but you know, and the building has anyway. Um, and Shish. so, yeah. Quiet, you. <laughs> Sorry. What was I thinking? <laughs> and, you know, and they're all being menaced by these children who are like three and a half feet tall. 
And, <laughs> and finally they get the keys and they get some food for Calvin. Then they get trapped in the library and they confess their feelings for each other. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> of course, unfortunately, uh, everyone can hear them. Right. They've got the walkie talkies and they're on. So it's, you know, it's really become sort of, there's this love triangle now. Right. And it's a weird kind of love triangle between uh, these, you know, between Wade and, and Clint and Lucy. And I think I only, and I, I've thought about this, we've recorded this podcast already once, so I, I feel like all these jokes are recycled and I'm terribly sorry. You know, <laughs> but the people haven't heard them. The six people who listen to this podcast haven't heard these jokes. So, you know, the only film that I think did a love triangle like this is Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Which I have not seen in so very, very long. Right. And I probably, I feel like I should see again because, like, it's the it's the, almost this exact story. Like, the guy comes back from, from you know, being out of living away and... There's this high school sweetheart, and and she's dating the sheriff now, and and so like the whole movie happens, and it's like she has feelings for her old, you know, for this guy that she used to like, but the sheriff is like manly and doing his thing, and and like uh, so. And this whole setup is very much a trope. I mean, this is this yeah. is a thing that we've seen in so many different films, right? Well, but what's supposed to happen is that one of the two is supposed to die terribly or 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 become the villain or sacrifice himself to save the other two and so the girl has a really easy choice and she just like goes off with the other guy right well in killer clowns from outer space that doesn't happen they fight the clowns they save the world the clowns fly away and the last if i remember correctly and i mean it's been a really long time so i can't say that 100% certain this is the last shot of the movie um, is the girl and then the guy who came from out of town and the sheriff all standing next to each other watching the 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 thing fly away the the or the 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 spaceship explode or fly away one of the two and then like there's a beat and then they like look at each other and realize oh our thing are <laughs> things still going on and that's that's actually pretty close to what happens here but not exactly because when wade apologizes to lucy over the walkie-talkie mm-hmm. and then clint figures out that we, the kids can be knocked out because they're not dead they're still alive uh, so he they knock out some of the the kids and then they re, they get back to everyone rejoins each other and then they go to the gym they're into the maintenance guy, yeah, uh, Mr. Hitachi. He starts telling them this story. They're like, "Yeah, we don't have time for this." Yeah, and they so they arm, they arm up, and it's just so weird and just ridiculous. But it's that whole dramatic arming yourself up scene, right? <laughs> Except um, fairly ludicrous. Everyone but Lucy. Lucy doesn't take any weapons. Everybody else has got something to to, to beat a child with. And she's like, "I'm fine." And so basically they essentially, I mean, essentially that's the end of the movie. They escape to the next town and discover that it's everywhere now. And Well, they also, the, the next town is called Danville. And we forgot to mention, and we did this last week too. Oh yeah. We forgot show. to mention that the name of the town that this takes place in is called Fort Chicken. Right. And so when they, when they 
fight their way out. Um, and we oh, we we have to talk about the great sacrifice because just like you were talking about the scene where where they the the quote unquote bad boyfriend sacrifices himself to save everybody. Yeah. Because as they're fighting their way out, Hitachi and Wade are overwhelmed. And you have this big dramatic scene where Wade is just like surrounded by children and being borne down and he throws the keys to Clint. He's you save her and you take care of her. And they're all watching him as he's being buried alive by children. Right. And they're like, no. And and they drive away and they get to Danville. And as they get to Danville, the sign on Danville says, at least we're not Fort Chicken. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. <laughs> then they find that Danville has often also been overrun. Right. And they discover it's not just their little part of the world because there's this, uh, there's the inevitable shop with the TVs on. That I have never actually seen a shop like this in real life, where all the TVs point out into the street. Right, and that and that plays the sound, the audio loud enough to where you can hear it. Like, how loud would that TV have had to have been for them to hear it through the glass? <laughs> well, and it's just—I mean, this only exists in movies. It's it's just there yeah. to give information. But they sit there and they're they're looking at this, and this is another one of those moments where Doug gets to you know pontificate, and everyone's like, "What are you talking about?" And and basically this this you know it's this infected chicken and it's been spreading around the country. Then they realize that they're surrounded by children. Right. And they run and they escape into a building. And it turns and they choose poorly. It's a it's one of those uh, those adventure indoor adventure uh, trampoline parks. <laughs> and so it is just full of kids. And it is. It is full of a very specific kid because somehow, somehow Shelly has followed them here. Right. And somehow, they're in a car. Oh, along the way, they killed Patriot with the car, which we were, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, and it was so good because he somehow got on top of the car and, like, he turned out to be a really good zombie. Like, Patriot oh, yeah. did a really great job. He he did all the things that he needed to do as a zombie. He killed lots of people. He he was a just a thorn in our hero's side. As a, you know, and, and then he somehow gets in the back of the truck, and when they realize it, they slam on the brakes, and he goes flying over the hood and lands on his face on the street. And yeah. he just scrapes his face all along, um, all along the, the road. And when he gets up, he's like, no nose, no, no lips, just teeth. <laughs> and his jaws like hanging off and... yeah but he's ready to fight and so they just hit him with the car <laughs> <laughs> I was just like you're, you're cheering it's a small child who's been murdered with a vehicle and you're like yes because <laughs> it's that kind of movie so but Shelley has tracked them down to, to, yes, to yeah, and they're like surrounded and everything's closing and suddenly in bursts, <laughs> Wade and Hitachi. <laughs> well, because all the whole time that this has all been going on, uh, Rick George Garcia has been sitting out in his van, tripping balls. <laughs> <laughs> and so he gives them a ride. Yeah. And, and they break in, and, and Wade's like, come with me if you want to live. And 
and they get them all out and he's trying to they got this one of those giant inflatable bouncy balls that's like you know six feet wide yeah and they're trying to block the entrance with this big soft squishy thing it's really funny and wade produces this squirt gun this one of those big high-powered ones and Clint's like, what are you going to do with that? I don't think water's going to stop him. And Wade's like, it's not water. Yeah. <laughs> it's gasoline. <laughs> and so he sets all the children on fire. And then he burns the building down and they get out. And they're going to go, they're going to go someplace where the kids don't want to go. Which doesn't really tell us anything. No, because that's um, the end of the movie. But we get to watch Sully stagger out after them and like, collapse as she's on fire mm. um and it's like the kids are just like pretty effective villains for just you know because of course there's a psychological thing that we don't kill kids but no they're gonna kill you so apparently lupita nyong'o is gonna be in a movie coming out next year uh where she plays a preschool teacher on the day who is at in school on the day of the zombie apocalypse Ooh. And so it's it's basically, from what I understand, I'll have to like do some more research. But uh, it's basically she is trying to protect children uh, from the from the zombies. Oh, okay. But you know, that's really. I mean, she's and she's got you know. She's got all sorts of stuff. Yeah, so this is out. this is that sounds like it's going to be the serious, dramatic, you know, scary. It's called Little Monsters. Oh, are they playing it straight? Or are they playing it with? I'm not sure. Uh, the only description I have here is a washed-up musician teams up with a teacher and a kids' show personality to protect young children from a sudden outbreak of zombies. It could go either way. And I'm looking at... Yeah, it could go either way. I'm looking at some of the set photos. And there's a pretty gruesome-looking zombie. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It could be... could go either way. The hmm. kids look super adorable, and she's covered in gore. So, ah, still you could, know. still could go anywhere. So, yeah. Oh, that's cool. I mean, that's something to look forward to. That could be fun for us to watch. Yeah. But yeah, so if if you haven't seen Cooties... Which you uh, haven't, apparently. Which, you know, probably not, considering $348,000 total uh, box office. You probably should. It's fun. And if you are are feeling a little overdosed on the grimdark Walking Dead universe, if you feel that perhaps you needed to, to smile a little bit, if you're a Shaun of the Dead fan or a Zombieland fan... Um, and you haven't seen this film, you probably enjoy it. It's funny. Yeah. It's got a great cast. It's a funny script. Um, if you if you can get over the fact that the villains are, are you know, little adorable moppets who are coming to kill you. Yeah. Except for Patriot. Right. Fucking Patriot. Who's neither little nor adorable or a moppet, but... <clears throat> yeah, if you can get around that fact, then it's a lot of fun. And... Um, I'm glad, see, I, I had not seen it, and I'm glad you recommended it, because I enjoyed myself immensely. And we've enjoyed talking about it twice, so... Twice. <laughs> yes, well, you know, technical issues are a thing, folks. Sometimes things don't get turned on, sometimes things don't work. Sometimes somebody accidentally turns the volume all the way down. 
Right, right. Sometimes it happens too. So we we laugh, we cry a little, we move on. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, so we are going to move on uh, to uh, another episode next week. We'll get back on our schedule and keep bringing you the show that we try and bring you a little more often than we have lately. <laughs> well, once uh, our TV shows get back, it'll be easier. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. It's, it's, it is a lot easier for you and I, who both have things going on, you know, because we do this for fun. Right. Um, you know, it's a lot easier for us to, to get distracted with holidays and, and, and work and things like that when we don't have a regular schedule of, of a show to watch. So, but we will be back next week with more of, of zombie goodness. Um, we've talked about doing Shaun of the Dead because we, we haven't talked about Shaun. Of, we did talk about that. I know. I said, I'm agreeing with you. Oh, right? okay. We did. Yes, we did. Um, so we will very likely talk about that next week. Um, which is interesting because of all of this, all the time you and I have been doing this, we never watched Shaun of the Dead together, I don't think. Uh, no, I don't believe so. We'll we'll watch it and, and, and talk about it next week. Um, and in hopefully not have weird technical things like, you know, on-off switches or volume. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, as always, uh, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, if we're actually putting the show out, it's a lot easier for us to update those things. Um, so we'll do that because we're a little behind. Sorry. and uh, But we'll get back on track here. Uh, as always, Dustin, it is a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, Tim. It's a pleasure. We thank you guys for listening to Zompocalypse Now. We'll see you again next week with more of this craziness. <laughs> Bye. Zompocalypse Now is recorded and produced by Dustin Adair and Timothy Harvey for Just Some Guy Productions. All rights reserved.